I'm Dr. Jacinta C.K. and welcome to the Strategic Ladies Radio Show. We're airing live every Tuesday evening at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 11 p.m. Central Standard Time, 12 midnight, and 5 a.m. Eastern or GMT. Also, you can catch us live on BitChat at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Sunday evenings, and for our special airing on Sirius XM, powered by Genius Music Weekly. And our times will be given and announced on strategicladies.com. You can always check us out on iTunes and Google Play Podcasts. And always listen in because we're always going to give you a generational perspective and real-world opinions. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Estella. How are you all this evening? Thanks for joining us. Uh, today we're going to be speaking about a topic that is dear to us. And it's yeah. it's about the science behind the mother and daughter bond. And there is true science behind it. Right, Jay? Agreed. <laughs> but before we get deeper into our topic, I wanted to do, as we always do, a mindful check and see how are you tonight, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing wonderful. No. <laughs> you know what? Um, I am doing pretty good. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little tired today. But how are you doing, Mom? You know, I am actually really good. I, I had a really productive day, and I got a lot done. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I did. I did for Lent give up coffee, so it's been very difficult for me the last few days because that was my boyfriend. <laughs> You're so crazy. You know that may be part of my problem. I don't think I've had any caffeine today. That's my problem. I'm gonna tell you right now. The, the weirdest thing, if you guys do not believe there's a God, there's a total God, because there's no way I could have done it without him. I mean, I gave it up for like, it's been like 10 days, but it's like, seriously, it's like my boyfriend. I used to get up in the morning before I do anything. I get out of the bed, I grab my cup of coffee, and I hold it. Well, that's deep. You know, I'm, we all have our, our isms. Um. <laughs> and now it's like, okay, so- and then I tried tea. I, I mean, I love you, tea drinkers and everything, but it's just not the same. You know, it's you know, I you know, I've never been. I I look at coffee, and I don't know if it's really the taste that we like, it or if it's the warmth. Um, I like tea, but I think that you know, my biggest, the hardest thing for me to give up was sodas, and I and I think that there's nothing like the caffeine in soda. So if I have to have caffeine, I'd, I'd probably would go for tea. I mean, I like my occasional lattes, I can't lie, but we both, I mean, I think since you gave it up, I kind of did too. Yeah, I mean, it was, but it's like, so, so other than that, I mean, but what's the weirdest thing is that once you give up an addiction, you're really, I mean, you're really kind of tired. I mean, you're like, you're so, especially when it causes you to Yeah, <laughs> it causes you to be, you know, you're, you're, um, you're, uh, kind of, you just, you're more, I don't know, a more excited a little bit. So Ooh. I'm calmer now, which is, which is probably good because, 
you know, I'm a very mindful person. I need to be calmer. So it's probably good, but it's still kind of like that kind of like spike of energy. And, and I'm telling you, sweets don't do it like coffee does. <laughs> no, you know, you know, it's so funny. I've never been, it's funny how everybody has, like I was saying, their isms, like yours is coffee. I've never been a sweets person, but you can give me some non bread at the Indian restaurant and that's a problem. Yeah, but do those carbs really bring you, like, spike you up like a cup of coffee? But anyway, so that's what's what's going on with me. So, But I'm glad you're good, and I'm good, and hopefully listeners are good. I can't ask you all individually how you are, but a good best practice is to ask when you're in a group or with people how they're feeling to kind of get a mindful check to see how they're feeling and how they're doing, and then you can respond better and more appropriately to them. Agree. So this topic today, I think is is really good one, and I think the reason is, uh, you know, people always wonder uh, and, and try to understand the strength of a mother and daughter's bond, mm-hmm. and um, we all we may not know this, but it starts really early. I mean, uh, and Jay is experiencing it now, and I, although she's not having a um, she, she's pregnant. But in long, although she's not having a daughter, that chemical bond, that bond happens in the womb. Yes, I agree. You do build this bond, you know. I think it starts from that initial, you know, sonogram for me. You know, even though you know it's there, it's like when you see the little heartbeat, it's like a revelation of how you're actually have a life. You're carrying a life within you. So it's actually a really cool feeling. Right. And, and and I don't care. You know, we see, you know, you see this and it's disturbing sometimes. And that even though people don't, you know, some mothers, some mothers who are pregnant are not bonding with the children. But somehow at one point it happens and there's a chemical reason behind it, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But um we we know that um, we it's interesting. We don't really necessarily know a lot of times before you research things, why it, 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 it happens that way and why do you feel this way? And, and like Jay and I are very, very close and our yeah. relationship goes really deep. And um, It does. Now, if it started within the womb or the, the, I think it starts with the womb, but I think it also, it's afterwards how you cultivate it. Exactly. Exactly. There's some cultivate. Yeah, you, you, you build it. After it, 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 after you have the child, but it's interesting. Um, there was an article by Fingerman. He is the author of Aging Mothers and Their Adult Daughters. And in a study in mixed emotion, uh, uh, she uh, she based her findings on questionnaires from and interviews for about forty eight mother and daughter pairs. And the average age for these mothers in the study were 76, and the average for the daughters were about 44. But anyway, participants were asked to discuss sources of tension and positive aspects of their relationships. And what they found was 88% of adults say that their mother has had a positive influence on them. That's beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, I mean, for such a high percentage, I love that. They also found that 92% say their current relationship with their mother is positive. Wow, that's great. Isn't that wonderful? It is great. 
And then they say that 88% of all mothers say that family appreciate their family appreciates them enough. So that's really, that's great too. So that to know that not only is your, your children appreciate you, but appreciating you, but the entire family is, is powerful. They also found, yeah. They also found that 53% of adults say mothers had more influence on them than the father had. And I, and I think it it definitely depends on the families, but I, I find that this is more than partly true. I think that there's some great fathers, but it's something about that mother and daughter bond that, especially with girls, they feel like they can, they're more comfortable telling their mom some things. Yeah. And I think, I think it may, I, I'm interested to see how this would turn out later when, you know, there's a lot of single dads now that are playing dual roles, kind of like what I had to do. So you, you wonder how um, that's going to change in the future. Um, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, the the other, uh, there's one other thing. It's a 60% of women say their mothers were more influential than their father compared with 45% of men. So mm-hmm. there is, there is a uniqueness in being a mother and being a uh, a mother and daughter pair. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, and we find that, you know, as we um, work together in uh, a business and, and uh, Jay, <laughs> you know, we can start from way back, right? Jay and I were very close when, we, when I brought her up because it was just the two of us. And then as we, as she grew and blossomed and as I grew, um, we... Uh, came we we just our, our, we cultivated a business together and it, it just right. continued on. And so, I will say that you it, that the the cultivation began when I was young. Just a lot of the the openness of us being me being able to talk to you about everything and not feeling any kind of um of negativity if I had something that wasn't so positive to say. You know, um, I think that that. It was just such an open communication that it became, even though I respect you as a mother, it became a friendship as well. So I think that that's what cultivated such a strong bond, just knowing how to be, have that, you know, equal playing field that I could come to you with anything. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that, and you mentioned this earlier, that it goes beyond just birth, but it goes it goes into like we change and we develop and and we grow and how do how does this relationship grow with that you know and then there's all this emotional part of us too that you know um, uh, stress you know single parents or, or mothers sometimes are stressed a lot worrying about their children even yeah. if they're not single parents um, and then the daughters are going through you know, puberty and growing and, and there's so many things that happen in the course of, of, of raising a child and, and being a parent, a mother. There's so many things that happen that you have to be able to deal with. So, you know what? Hold that thought, Mom. We're going to take a quick break. You guys stay tuned. We'll be right back. We'll have a little more conversation in regards to mother and daughter bonds that you won't want to miss. Remember, you're always welcome to join the conversation at any time by calling 310-928-7733. Again, that's 310-928-7733. We'll see you soon.
Hello. Welcome back to the Strategic Ladies Radio Show. 
Uh, we were just listening to Nia Simone and uh, Four Women, really inspirational sound. And I want to welcome you back into our uh, live show. You can call us anytime and join the conversation at 310-928-7733. Again, that's 310-928-7733. You are live right now with the Strategic Ladies. So at the top of the hour, we were talking about, uh, Dr. J and I, we're talking about uh, the strength of a mother and daughter's bond. Yeah, and uh, it's we are going to dig a little bit further into the topic and share with you some of the research that's out there on mother, mother and daughter in relationships and how they start as early as at birth. So um, the first uh, aspect of it, and there's three aspects that we we research. There's the birthing aspect, there's the mood aspect, and there's the change aspect. So the first mm-hmm. thing is birth genetically. If, if children are a blend, as we know, of both parents' gene codes, right? But for the first nine months of development, a fetus gets just about everything from its mother. And the two individual systems are so connected that even after birth, they found that a material from fetus can linger in the mother's body for decades. So this, mm. this process causes major change for both the mother and the child. Beginning about three months into pregnancy, it starts growing. There's visible signs of the belly bump, which Jay's experienced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and all these phenomenal things happen, but this bond starts to build in their relationship. Both, You know what? That is really intense that I never, until you know, you showed me this research, I wasn't aware that that material from the fetus can linger in the mom's body for decades. You know, you know, we think, you know, you see all these women that are trying to rush to get back to previous body weights and so hard on themselves. But if you think about it for nine months, you are carrying another individual. So it's like, give your body time. Decades, decades of that, 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 that bonding that happened and that experience is, is still going on in your body. So there's that lineage and that link to each other that just can't tear apart. I remember when I was expecting, pregnant with you, Jay, I remember um, just, I, I was just overwhelmed with, I can't believe I'm carrying a birth, body, a baby. I can't believe I'm carrying a life. I mean, it just, it just would like, it would just kind of hit me every once in a while, like, wow. I, I mean, I'm, I'm carrying. I think that I had that too. Now, it's funny, even though I've, done it a couple times now it's every time is different and i think that those there's like always uh, when you first feel the kicks and the movement um it's like something that you can't really explain it's it's and for me it's still like a shock even though i feel it uh, on a regular basis i'm like oh my gosh you know just because you're it's so such an amazing thing that we take sometimes for granted Right, right. So amazing. So, so just know everyone that um, that connection, that link to each other, start in the womb. Mm-hmm. So you know. So whenever we get to a point where we think, "Oh my goodness," um, you know, I've had the baby now. Now, not that we're separate, but there's a, a bond that happens that causes you to react. And that brings us to the next thing. And that's mood. 
Um, the different depressions and mood disorders that come to pass from the moms to the daughters. Yeah. Yeah. Scientists found that they're, um, that, uh, actually mother and daughter share a structure in their brain that regulates emotions, um, resulting in similar brain networks. Interesting. Um, so that means that, uh, women are more likely to understand and relate to the emotions of their mother than anyone else. Um, you know, we had a um, lady on our show, Dr. Williams, last week, and we talked about um, um, how mental illness and and mood disorders are something people don't want to talk to, especially uh, diverse individuals. A lot of times they don't want to bring the issues up. And she wrote a book on um, her the experience she experienced had with her mother suffered from mental illness. But one of the things I found was really interesting is that that from this article is that, that that those emotions, those mood disorders are passed down, right? And and okay. sometimes you can, you know, of course it can stop at a generation, but it, it, sometimes people don't realize why they're not okay and it's okay to say I'm not okay. Right. And I wonder if this goes on to the extent as well as the personality traits when they talk about moods. Because I noticed that my oldest, I can read her because it's similar to me. Her, 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 her mood shifts mm-hmm. are similar to some of the ones that I have. And it's, it's funny how it, it's showing how your genetic code can is easily passed through, through yourself to your child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I totally agree, and I think this was in the Journal of Neuroscience, and they found they they said they were this was new kind of research, and I'd like to study a little bit more to find out, you know, what what really happens. Uh, we it looks like we've got a email, a comment. Jay, do you want to? Oh yes, Miss Phyllis Green. She says I just had to send this picture. That's for the show. And it says, I'm a proud mother. I gave my children life. They gave me a reason to live. I love my children. And the picture is so beautiful. Thank you, Phyllis Green, for sharing that with us. Um, so wonderful. Know, and, it, and it's true. You know, I think that sometimes we we get so, this world is such a crazy place at some point in time, you must think. And we, we need to cherish the things that are are around us. And I, and I feel blessed to be able to, you know, cherish my mom and, and my children. And I think that, you know, this is a, is a great, great thing that you shared with us, Phyllis. Thank you. Oh, it's wonderful. And, and, and we are proud. And I think that understanding each other through these different things that happen just brings us, us closer, knowing that, you know, in your mother's fetus, material stays for decades, and knowing that you're, you're, you have you share similar brain networks are only going to bring you closer together and separate because you're more alike. Um, uh, and I and I agree with you, Jay. I think that um, this could be. I think that intuition that we have sometimes for her daughter, sometimes and our children could could definitely be because of this. Lenny, uh, this this emotional attachment that we right. have, the brain networks that we have. And you know, you brought up another thing that made me think a little bit deeper. As far as when women do have the child, you know, they 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 discover these different types of depressions, like postpartum depression. It may be because you've built that bond and you're so unaware that you've built such a strong bond with that child that it's, you know, it's it's kind of 
when you you have the child, it's not like you're losing it, but it's a different feeling. You know, that child's out, outside of the womb, so it's a totally different, a new beginning, a beautiful new beginning. But yeah. I can imagine why sometimes that depression comes to inset for some women. Right. You know, and that's that's a good point, because many times people think that depression comes from um, the um, the uh, em- emotion of delivering the baby and the changes in your body. But the real emotion may come from actually the separation of the two because you were so close in, the, you know, you're in the fetus in the womb. You're so closely knit. Correct. Separation could definitely cause it. So that's that's absolutely true. And the last thing we wanted to talk about is change. You know, there's there's three aspects of this: the, of the bonds of a mother and a daughter, the birthing, the the mood, uh, and now the change. You know, during say you know we experience this as your children grow, um, they they reach different change uh, stages of development, and so do you. You know, you're going through a change too. Your your biological clock is is stopping, and uh, and and theirs is starting. You know, it's kind of like different different stages of development. But there's a critical moment sometimes when a daughter suddenly realizes that the mother is an, is another woman. Um, um, before that, the mother is usually a symbol. You know, she's kind of this all knowing, all powerful. Uh, uh, nurture that is taking care of her. Uh, But then it changes and they realize that the mother has similar problems and experiences that they have. Did you find that to be true with with us? And I think you shared sometimes being a single mother, I mean, my being a single mom, you experienced things and sometimes you weren't aware of things either. Yeah, I think that as a child, you know, um, you know, I think now children, and I don't know if it's for all, but my my kids are just so, um, I'll, I'll say more aware than I was. Because um, even though I saw the struggles that you had and I was concerned, I think that as I grew up and had children for myself, it's nothing like having children for yourself and seeing all the stuff that your mom went through. Just like, I mean, just for example, I was a cheer coach for both of my girls and just that alone, all the time <laughs> consuming and the the money spent, um, it's just amazing how much you put forth. And I can see, you know, I have help, but you didn't have help. Um, so I can just imagine, you know, you were really spreading yourself thin. You had so much with taking care of me, keeping me in a wonderful area and, you know, always being there when I need you for school. It's just amazing what a mom does. And I think that until I got to the point where I had children, even, you know, you see it as you get older that, you know, your mom does a lot and you're like, Oh, she's another woman. She, she has love interests and she has needs. But when you have enough, when you have your own children, you see how much they, if they're like you have been so selfless in the Mm -hmm. sense of, you know, I mean, we all have our, our tendencies to have like things that we can be selfish about, but, there's so many times where I could see where you were thinking of me before yourself. And I think I didn't realize what that was until I had children. Cause I do the same for my own. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think it, and it's interesting because that phenomenal is just 
a natural thing that happens with with most mothers. Now, now we ran into our you know in our practice with dealing with mother and daughters, we ran into the opposite where they're they're at battle at yeah. times, you know. Um, but I think if we bring it back to the the start of the relationship and bring it back into where what what's really important, and that's what we get people to see the. You know, not the small things, but the bigger picture of the relationship. I think if you bring it back, it really helps. And I agree. I think that, you know, I remember my mother's relationship, my mother's um, relationship I had with her were very close as well. And and, um, I think that um, I, I was aware of things, but I didn't realize how much she juggled. Yeah. all of us, especially with you. I mean, when you have, I, I, I just had one, right? One, one, one daughter, but to have two daughters and then bringing sons in the mix and trying to go to little league and trying to do all these things with the, you know, at the time she was a stay at home mom, but my, my father worked. So it was tough. You know, she had to do all, everything because he had to work. So it's a, it's a, it's a balancing act. Definitely. So, yeah. So- those stay-at-home moms really do work, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love when people say, oh, you don't work. It's a joke. It's so much work. It's so yeah, much especially, work. especially when you have more than one because your life becomes consumed of your children because there's, you know, you want to have them active. They have all these ambitions, and I believe in supporting your children's, you know, ambitions and things that they're interested in. So it's like you find yourself, being somewhat of a taxi at some point in time. And I think that's what I've, I've most realized um, growing up is your mom is another woman. When you realize when you, you have responsibilities and bills to pay how much they did in the past. I know it's, it's, it's just amazing. I think, um, we, we don't, you know, we don't, you know, it's something that's interesting because most people are not, um, taught, um, how to be moms. It just happens, right? Right. Um, it, it, it's, and it's, it's building blocks of trying to uh, try different approaches and, and throwing things that are going to work if you haven't been taught. And even if you have, um, you, you know, you always wonder, am I doing the right thing or have I done this the right way? Um, and it's a good thing. Well, you know, and, you know, and when you, there was one thing that you said, you know, how you're saying that, um, you know, you're, you find out that your mother is all, you know, is not the all knowing person. I, I will say that I disagree in some bits because I feel that when it comes to important decisions, sometimes I find if you have that close bond with your mom, you still can find and ask them. You still, you still have times where you're like, mom, what do you think? Right. So you still, so you still come even at, at my age. I come from that that point of nurturing because I do value your opinion and know that you've been there before. So I think it just depends on that relationship that you have with your parents as well. Yeah. So let, let's flip this a little bit. What about, you know, when when a relationship, when we've seen this, they're emotionally strained, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of times where we find that uh, mothers and daughters are just really uh, – they seem like they they can't even fix uh, the situation that's not worth fixing, um, and and I think that what 
tends to, I think, happen is in those situations is a lot of misunderstanding and lack of communication. And, I definitely and- think that. I think it's the miscommunication. And I think when they have these type of problems in a relationship where there's anger or the, if there's been competition, there's so many different things or betrayal betrayal to some to some extent where the child feels betrayal of the mother. I think that it's it's finding that common ground where you can come together and discuss what's really bothering you because if you don't discuss the underlying problem you can't build. I agree. And you know it's funny we have to realize that there's different attitudes that happen uh, with each other and behavior attitudes, behavioral mm-hmm. attitudes that happen regular in our ongoing basis and, and we need to improve upon I think there's a couple of things you need to improve upon uh, and let me know your opinion on these Jay I think showing tolerance yes I think I, that's really key I think that's definitely important I mean um I you know I think that I also think that showing um not having an expectation to be like other mother and daughters yes. because you, if you, you know that comparing aspect can ruin relationships too you never should compare children or relationships. I agree. Another one is maybe I, I, I came to mind is um, humility, making sure that you're practicing that, you know, trust and uh, making sure that you're uh, there for them is another one. Yes, I do. I think that's a good one. I, you know, another one that comes that I really love that I always think about is uh, a, a, having a not a defensive mindset, but more of an open mindset, a mindset to a, a solution-based mindset uh, versus a defensive mindset. Because many times we we are so on when things go wrong in a relationship, it's that defensive thing that we put up. I agree with you. I think, and you know, we've seen this in our in our practice with clients where you know there is some hurt and some pain. And when they come in, they're very defensive. So there's no way, there's no way to build upon defensiveness. You have to somehow come to the point where you can bring slowly bring those walls down so that you can build and and make your castle. I agree. I agree. And then I think the last thing I that, that I think that really could help is is having this giving mode, this this loving giving mode um, that I think a mother and daughter really should share. And uh, no matter what, fa- you know, people always think giving has to be a big thing. And, you know, when we, you know, we've developed, uh, Jay and I, we'll share that. We have to take a break in a minute, but we'll share our change model with you all that we use in our practice, one part of it. This is part step one of our change model. Mm-hmm. But one of the things we always do it at the end of the one of the last steps and the steps that you continually do is to make sure you celebrate wins, no matter small or large. So celebrate with your daughter and your mother. Have time with them. Enjoy the the good times, you know, that we we don't do enough of sometimes. Well, you guys, hold that thought. We're going to be right back after this break. Stay tuned. And you're going to have a little more conversation in regards to mother and daughter bonds that you don't want to miss. Remember, you can always join the conversation at any time. By calling 310-928-7733. Again, 310-928-7733. We'll see you soon. Early in the morning, lying in my bed. Thinking about a dream. 
live here and you can join the conversation at 310-928-7733. Again, 310-928-7733. You are listening to I'm Ready to Listen by Ricky Bars Beckwith. And uh, it was a very inspirational song. Our, our producer plays some great music. So we're coming, we're talking about uh, mother and daughter bonds and we kind of gave you some science behind it but one of the things we also like to do is give you some tips on what things could actually help in situations where um, these relationships become strained 
Are they um, just to make things to consider and to be mindful of to make your relationship better? So one of the things we have is a um, a, a, a model. It's a change model that we use a lot with our patients. And we're going to talk about step one of that model. And that step is get acclimated. And when you're talking about acclimated, um, there acclimation basically by definition is a physiological adjustment by organisms to environmental change. So imagine us being the organism and we're a stimulus to help help change us to get through the process of being better parents and better mothers and better daughters. So uh, Jay, you want to share step one with them? So the step that we're going to be talking about is get acclimated. And this is also in our book. Um, But the first thing is to know that this starts in the womb. So you don't have to fight the natural process. Um, Simply stated, getting, like we said, the the process of resulting in acclimation is a physiological adjustment and environmental change that occurs at birth. Yeah, so it's a natural thing. It's a natural response to want to love your your daughter and your mother. It's a natural thing that happens. So when you when you're at when you're at a point where you you don't understand the process and you don't understand the connection, it was interesting that break Jay and I sent a, a text to each other and we sent the same exact emoji. That's a connection. <laughs> I mean, it was like out of all the emojis to send, and it wasn't a smiley wall that everyone uses all the time. Know, but it was so it, crazy. It was it was the same. Yeah, so, same link. Yeah, it was the cat. It's same one. So just know that that connection that we had started in the womb. The second thing is. Once you know that it's a natural process for you to have a relationship, the second thing is embrace that environmental change from the womb to the real world. Because now that you're out of your mother's womb, you know, relationships have to be built. Sometimes they're built, sometimes they're broken. But understand that there, that you, there is, there are, there are moods that, that are normal that you experience, the connection that you have as normal, and the relationship you should have as a normal relationship because it's, it, it was it, it was destined to be that way at birth. And, and with this said, you know, like we, we discussed, there are situations where the bro- the bond has been broken and it needs to be worked and, 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 and I guess you could say re-sculptured in a sense. So if it's if it's like that, you don't compare yourself to other relationships. You work on the underlining problem and then start building upon where you can get to the point where you can embrace those environmental changes of the of of the you know being in the real world together. Right. So now that you know what so number three, process, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Jay. Number three would be acclimating yourself for the change. So identifying and creating activities then increase the bonding of the relationship. So now that you know that this is a natural process and that you, you know, you've been, you know, you, you embrace the environmental changes of one another, you can find out things that can actually build your relationship so they can continue to grow. Or in this case, if it's a, a situation where it's been uneven or there's problems where you can start building again to make it, you know, perfect in your own way. And this and that this step is the action step, you know, to acclimate yourself or change. This is where you have to do some movement. 
you've got to, you know, maybe it takes um, a conversation or maybe it takes a therapist or maybe it takes a, a coach or maybe it takes a one, you know, a, a non-biased source, whatever it takes. Uh, this is the step where you take action on identifying identifying things that can, can can make things better if they need to be or, or grow things to even be better than they are if they're already in place. So so again, there are the three steps that we suggest in get acclimated and getting acclimated is first knowing that is a natural process for you to be, have a relationship, embracing the changes that happen, especially some of the things that happen in the real world and acclimating yourself for change. And know that even if it, even if you have a great relationship, it's like anything, you still want to continue to make it stronger and grow. I feel like you can never stop stop acclimating yourself for the change. You know, as as you both get older, things change. I mean, myself, my mom and I have always had a strong relationship, but when I had children, our relationship changed a bit. Even though we saw that bond, you know, I had a different experience that changed the way I behave in some ways. So she had to acclimate herself to get used to me being a mother as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so it's like always being ready to juggle and, 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 and try to rework the puzzle so that it becomes the correct puzzle for your life. Yep. So that is the first step. Get acclimated in, in our change model. Um, we The change model that we use is the ground, G-R-O-U-N-D guide. And that's the first step. And we'll be sharing with you next week, we'll be sharing with you step two, which is realizing your vision as a mother and daughter. So we'll share that information with you and how to work through the steps toward that. So, Jay, at this is the time where we uh, have our mindful thought. Um, we are um, uh, we have a we use a lot of mindful meditation in our practice. Um, we are um, we do that in schools. We do this in organizations, and we also um, are, are looking for everywhere to make sure that people can be mindful. And all mindfulness and mindful being mindful is is focus uh, thought without judgment and make taking the time to take a time out, which we don't do. We don't quiet our mind. And um, I like to say a lot of times people say empty the mind, but I like to say fill your mind with good thoughts and, and, and behaviors that you would like to see yourself do. So this is a time when I, uh, Jay is a very intuitive uh, person. Um, she has a gift. Uh, we, she doesn't like to be called a prophetess, but she really does have a gift. And so I'm going to let her tell you what she thinks maybe uh, we'd like to give you a thought or a word to, to think on through the week. And, and she's going to share that with you. Well, you know, I, I think that today um, what would be a good thing to focus on is embracing that of of your relationship with your mother and your daughter or, you know, vice versa, vice versa, who's listening tonight. You know, take time to be mindful of how are you embracing your loved ones in your lives. And we're talking about mothers and daughters. So specifically, how have you been embracing the love of your mom or the the way that your relationship how are you acclimated within the relationship for your mom or with your daughter you know we have so many different things that affect us on a daily basis this negative energy that has a deadly effect on us and you know 
I experienced this recently in an in interaction this week um, where there's been, you know, negative things and in, in finding a time to relax and be mindful and take time out to just focus on one thing. And tonight, let's take time to focus on that of embracing your parents and your mother and your daughter. Yes, I, I love that. I think um, it, it's a wonderful thing to sit down in deep thought and really think about it. I do a lot of reflection with my Savior, um, but um, whatever you believe, you know, take, taking time to do that really opens up a, a, a awakening process and a renewal process, right? So if you and your your daughter, and you can do this together, you can sit and meditate together, and, and there's this renewal and this there's a rejuvenation that happens within you that causes some amazing things. So I just, you know, it just takes 10 minutes a day to feel the benefit, to see the benefits of a meditative practice. So I encourage you to take some time out to meditate on your relationships with one another and see how much they grow. We'd love to hear from you. You can always find us. Jay, where can they find us? You know, you guys can always go to strategicladies.com. And you can always write us at write, W-R-I-T-E, the number two, at strategicladies.com. And, again, we're on Instagram, Strategic Ladies, um, Facebook, Strategic Ladies. So just look us up if you have any questions or comments or um, any topics that you would love to hear. We're always here for you guys. And also you can always call us at 310-928-7733. And, you know, we also have our podcasts, and you can go to our, our site, strategicladies.com, and see our podcast. We're on Google Play as well as iTunes. And if you want to shoot us an email or a question, well, we'd love to hear from you. You can write on our blog site as well on our site. Um, so it was great. Remember those three things, though. Remember the three things to do when you're in, you're struggling with relationships. First of all, get acclimated, right? Uh, know your it starts it's a natural process embrace the change into the real world and acclimate yourself for change always remember there's no right way to have a relationship it's always about building and making it better so never compare your relationship always just make it stronger for yourselves yep it's a personal experience so everyone thank you so much for listening tonight Have a wonderful, wonderful night, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Strategic Lane.